Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. God is the one who will lead us, and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet, from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. And welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. It is our goal, it is our job to promote a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And we want you, the listener, to know, be, and empower and impact the world around you. And as always, you are welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. And there are several ways to do that. Uh, you can call. If you want to get your thoughts on the air, 347-237-5230, that's the number to call to get your number. Uh, thoughts, insights, opinions, whatever, what they say, two cents, ten cents, three cents a dollar? I don't know. I'm just making that up as I go. <laughs> whatever, you can get that on your thoughts on the air. Also, the chat pay, chat room is up, so uh, you can listen, uh, share your thoughts in the chat room. Just go to blogtalkradio.com slash zero today and uh Get in the chat room, and we'll be glad to have you in there. Um, send us an email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Prophesy. We are on Facebook, the Zero Network. Uh, where else are we are? Hey, wherever we are, you can find us, and we are glad that you are here with us for another Wednesday morning, Zero Today. And I'm excited about the show today. I'm excited about another day, just period. I mean, it's been raining, it's been storming, and it's beautiful outside here in a good state of Mississippi. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, let me go ahead and share it. You, you know, it's funny. Um, uh, about a week ago, Mississippi finally ratified the 13th Amendment uh, <laughs> abolishing slavery. And uh, uh, the, the, the rhetoric behind the narrative that caused it to happen is that there was one instructor from a university here who saw the film Lincoln and inquired if it had been passed here in the state, uh, if, if the amendment had been passed in the state. And when he realized that it had not, did a lobbying force uh, put forth lobbying efforts to have it passed, and the state legislature passed it. So, hey, we're finally up in the 21st century. Uh Hey, what can I say? Uh, but let me, before I get ahead of myself, we got a good show today. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, we're going to talk about Pope Benedict. And uh, I got some music somewhere. I don't know where it's coming from. Um, uh, Pope Benedict 
and I have a very, very special guest with me, um, Ms. Mandisa Thomas, who is the president of the uh, Black Nonbelievers Incorporated. Aha, uh-huh. I see where that's coming from. See, that's what I get. You know, I'm I'm, I'm doing too much, doing too much at one time. <laughs> I was watching something from HuffPost Live, and that's where the music came from. See, I, I figured it out eventually. I'm good for something. But anyway, as I said before, we have Ms. Mendisa uh, Thomas, who will be joining us later. She's president of Black Non-Believers, and she, we're going to be uh, having a, a good dialogue uh, about black non-believers, atheists, and all uh, the, sur- the sort. Um, but before we get to that, I'm going to go ahead and start off with prayer. Um, as always, we always start off with prayer. If it sounds like I'm nervous, like I said, I was doing like 15 things at one time. <laughs> so let me get my mind centered and focused, and we go to prayer. Here we go. Father, we thank you for the day. We praise you for what you're going to do, and we ask that your blessings on the show. You have this insight and wisdom into uh, all that needs to be glorifying to you and edifying to your people. Amen. All right. So, it, it, here's another thing. I am distracted because I brought I brought my puppy Jackson with me to the to the <laughs> studio, and I, I don't you know I thought I was, had ADD. This this guy this kid and the dog has ADHD. He can't keep still. He's been chewing at the desk. He's been doing everything, and I'm trying to keep an eye on him, right? You know. But hey, what can I say? I love him. I love him, and he loves me too. And if he starts making, if you hear barking, it's him. Because yesterday, yeah, let me tell you this, and I'm digressing before I get out into the time. So yesterday, I was on my way to the office, and I was really excited. You know, I don't know why. had no idea. Uh, and Jackson was too. And apparently Jackson was so excited, he decided he wanted to rush outside. And I was trying to beat him to the door. And in trying to beat him to the door, I locked myself out of the house. And, man, I tell you. Had to call the uh, custodian here at the church to get in and get extra keys out. And then I realized my extra set of keys were not in my drawer at the church. So I had to pay a locksmith to get in the house. And I blame Jackson. (laughs) He's looking at me right now like, no, I didn't do anything. Anyway, so I digress. Yeah, I'm just trying to have a little fun. Just excuse me. All right, let's let's get into this this thing here. So Pope Benedict the 16th. Cardinal will be uh, uh, Razinger, uh, however you say his name, will be officially uh, off duty on tomorrow. And um, he's already been granted a new title. Uh, he will be called Pope Emeritus, and which is, is this pretty pretty cool, I guess. You know, he's considering that he's the only pope since the what in 600 years to resign or whatever. So he still gets to wear right. He still gets to to have all the kind of things that the Pope has, uh, the benefits of the papacy, which is cool, but uh, without the stress of the office. And the conclave is be meeting to elect a new Pope. And if there's anything like the Amy Church doing our elections, it's going to be interesting. Nonetheless, <laughs> there are two front-runner bishops, and one is uh, African, and it'd be cool to have another African bishop after. Or I don't know how many years, centuries, but hey, who who knows what's going? And there's a lot of speculation as to what's going on. You know, there's speculation that there are uh, uh, one uh, one reporter mentioned that there are so many gay bishops and clergy, uh, homosexual gay homosexual clergy, that is ruining running the ministry, uh, uh, the Catholic ministry. I I don't know, but I mean, to be honest with you, you got homosexual clergy in every every denomination, uh, whether they can admit it or not, and you have those who are not homosexual, who are heterosexual, who just can't contain themselves, and oh Lord, have mercy on that one, but uh, nonetheless, he, he um, there's a lot of speculation, of course, here in the U.S., um, the, uh, the College of Bishops here in the U.S., are uh, being directly impacted because of the the scandal that won't die down as yet another um uh cardinal uh bishop or whatever has been indicted and i believe already charged or uh with uh molestation charges and neglect and that's a big thing i mean so the question is how will this next pope 
how would he address the serious issues that are uh, coming before the Catholic Church, which is, one, um, uh, women, the ordination of women, because women are becoming uh, lay women, are becoming more prominent in the ministry of the church, and uh, they're not seeking to be nuns. They're wanting to be priests ordained, ordained priests, itinerant priests in the Catholic Church, which, hey, I'm all for. Secondly, you have the offense, you know, the um, the idea of clerical celibacy, uh, the idea that, that clergy can't marry, priests can't marry. And there are now Catholic dioceses who are allowing married priests uh, priests who are coming from the Anglican Fellowship or Episcopal Fellowship into the Catholic Fellowship who are married, they are allowing to do this. So that's another issue that, at least here in the States, I'm not sure how it is across, you know, across the waters, but here in the States there's more uh, uh, Episcopalians battle with their issues. They are coming into the Catholic Church. It, it ain't no different, really. The only difference is that their priests can marry. That's pretty much the only difference. And... Uh, the way they celebrate the Mass and the Eucharist is not much different. So that's that's a lot of things that uh, I think is going to be interesting for the next Pope that will have to address however long they live to address it. But the the question I've raised before, and I'm, I'm raising this again, is you know should American clergy follow the example of, of uh, the Pope? And you know most preachers. They die preaching, and, and I could say, uh, I've been in ministry over 25 years, and although I'm still young, there's a great chance that if I do, you know, if I die now, I, I've had a full life of ministry, you know. But you know, there's a great chance that I have at least another 20, 30 years in ministry. And the question is, and, and I'll still be in my 60s by then. Uh, and the question is, the question is, when should, you know, you step down? You have Preachers, preachers who just keep going and keep going and die, and you know there are occasions where some pastors have died in, while preaching, uh, some in good health, some in bad health. But again, I, I, that's a whole different topic for another day. But uh, I think I've done enough. I've run my mouth enough for that. So I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be following up on this this pope thing and the church and the conclave and see how it's going to pan out for uh the almost 1 billion members of the Roman Catholic Church and how that will affect the uh western church altogether both um you know the protestant evangelical church here in the states as well as the uh Roman Catholic Church here in the states so uh, uh we have we have we have a wonderful wonderful show um coming up and we're going to be discussing um, as we said before, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, black non-believers, and in particular, yeah, you know, how should a check, how how should um, the does not having a faith or a particular faith in God make you any less black? And how should you know black pastors like like myself address the issue of non-believers in the church and in the community, because I know they're in the church. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back from this break, we'll have with us uh, Ms. Mendisa Thomas, who is the president of the Black Non-Believers Incorporated. And we are going to be having a good time, and we want to hear your voice, want to hear your insight, whatever you have. We want to hear it. And, I, and uh, before I start rambling again, I'm going to go ahead and take this break. We'll be back right after this. the golf's best tourism season in years. All because so many people wanted to visit us in Louisiana. They came to see us in Florida. Nice try. They came to hang out with us in Alabama. Once folks heard Mississippi had the welcome sign off, they couldn't wait to get here. This year was great, but next year is going to be even better. And anyone who knows the golf knows that winter is prime time fun time. Sun's out. The water's beautiful. You can go deep sea fishing for amberjack, grouper, and mackerel. 
Our golf courses are open. Our bed and breakfast have special rates. And migrating waterfowl from all over make this a bird watcher's paradise. So if you missed it earlier this year, come on down. If you've already been here, come on back to Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama. The Gulf's America's getaway spot, no matter where you go. So come on down and help make 2012 an even better year for tourism on the Gulf. Brought to you by BP and all of us who call the Gulf home. I need you. I feel so alone. But you're not alone. I knew you'd come. Like I could stay away. You know I can't do this without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll get you a rental car. Don't use an umbrella. Fall in love with Progressive Claim Service. Dad, listen, we're going to go broke unless we figure out a way to divvy up the oh, shared Dad. data plan fairly. So, uh, whoever's fathered the most children gets the most data. Let's just do it by hair. Body hair? Most dental work. What? Stop downloading and stop liking everything. It should be by who has the least amount of cartilage in their left knee. Just want to take a bath. Say no to sharing. Say yes to Sprint. With truly unlimited data, text, and calling. You know, I love that song by Barry White. Lovely. I, I always imagine what he was like, you know, looking at him conduct that orchestra, you know, with that perm, that big old perm. Anyway, that's just me. Anyway, <laughs> all right, we are back here, and we're we're uh, glad that you joined us. And, and I, again, I want to say thank you. Every week, the audience is growing, the people are listening, and I just want to show my appreciation for you guys making this show a great show. So I appreciate it. Uh, we're joined this uh, this morning by a very special guest, Ms. Mandisa Thomas, who is the president of the non-black non-believers. Uh, I'm gonna get it right eventually. Mandisa, are you there? Yes, I am here. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Now, okay, great. I'm trying not to be distracted by a little dog who's all over my desk. <laughs> I tell you, I just don't know. It's, this was not bringing your child to work day, but apparently he, he <laughs> stole away. But anyway, good morning. Welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. I'm glad, glad to be here. I'm glad that you're here. Um, and um, I, I really appreciate you for taking the uh, initiative to come on the show and tell us about uh, black nonbelievers and, 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 you know, the community uh Blacks who are growing in uh, the growing community of non-believing blacks, and so you know, I want to want to get into that. So, what if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get where you are now? Okay, I uh, will certainly do that. Thank you once again for having me on the show. I do appreciate you reaching out to me and giving me a chance to um, talk about this subject. Uh, as for myself, I am a native New Yorker, born and raised in New York City, Jamaica, Queens, to be exact. Um, I actually was raised a non-believer. My parents, I was born, I'm 36 years old, I was born uh, in the 70s when black consciousness was at a peak and blacks were identifying with culture and and, and pride in themselves. And so my parents, made a conscious decision not to bring my brothers and I up, a religious Christian in particular. Uh, my father's side of the family is religious. They are Christian. But my mother, um, yeah, my mother's side of the family didn't necessarily identify as religious, and uh, my brothers and I did not as well. I was raised in the black nationalist uh, mindset, though. We learned a lot about black history and culture 
as well as how Christianity, as uh, most blacks identify as today, was forced upon our ancestors upon arriving to the United States. And so I uh, definitely made a decision for myself that um, I would never practice Christianity uh, at all. But for a while, I did identify as um, what most people do now as spiritual. Uh, I believe that there was a creator of the earth and that there was a higher being um, to an extent. But uh, as I, about two years ago, I re-identified as atheist because I realized that I did not believe in any of that. Oh, that's that's, that's awesome. And, and let me ask you, uh, now you say your family, you were not raised as a believer, and you know it's it's hard to fathom, especially here. Uh, you're you're in Atlanta now. Yes, that's correct. And that is the metropolis for for black folk in the black church. You know, you got mm-hmm. Creflo, you got Eddie Long, you got Paul yeah. Morton, you got uh, a litany of others. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know that just you know seem to have blown up the religious. Uh, seen in in Atlanta, and by you being in the north, um, how did it affect you? Uh, not being brought up in a religious aspect, how uh, you know did your friends know about it? How did they how did they treat you? If it was any different with bullying, any of that? Well, what's interesting is that as growing up, I was very outspoken. Uh, very outspoken about um, black issues and what we were facing in our communities. And I think a lot of people actually tended to agree with that um, because there was a lot going on, um, especially, you know, for what we learned. And there was a period of time that the the black consciousness, especially in hip-hop, resurfaced. And so it wasn't so much that, you know, I had I was bullied or anybody ostracized me for my position, but a lot of people actually tended to agree. I think I had some folks who were just like, oh, you know, you're talking kind of crazy and whatnot, but uh, I think now they look back on it and they're like, you know, you were right. <laughs> so um, I would say that the climate back then, um, there were more people that definitely sort of identifying with, you know, with what was going on um in politics and um, and as far as human rights are concerned. But being here in Atlanta, uh, moving here back in 97, one of the most common questions that we get is, what church do you attend before your <laughs> came, before you're asked anything else about yourself? The first question that you get is, what church do you go to? Yeah. And that kind of threw me for a loop because I, I'm like, wow, why does that make such a difference? But, um, yes, it's a very common question here. And I think that it's something that even believers from other uh, other states are kind of, uh, they're kind of thrown for a loop by that. So um, it really didn't come up too much as or I wasn't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily tell people that I wouldn't go or, or such until I was invited to Creflo Dollars Church and I, I think I almost went off on one lady when she was trying to push the issue and I just had to reaffirm no thank you. But um yes that that's very common here. Let, 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 let me ask you the question about that. So when you were when you were uh invited to, to that church and you gave the response no no thank you Mm-hmm. How how did, how how was what was the reaction like? You know, um, did, they first, did they try to lay hands? Did they try to lay hands on you? And, and... <laughs> not not to me, uh, not not on me in that particular instance. But uh, the lady did try to insist that I attend, and then when I finally again said no, thank you, she left it alone. And I think my tone of voice might have uh, might have helped along with that. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. Even as a pastor, I turned down a lot of invitations to go to visit other churches, and, and they were like, "Well, you must not be saved." Nah, I'm all right. I, I'm good. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, let, tell me, tell me about uh, the black non-believers. Um, okay. Uh, yes, black non-believers was started in 2011, and it was started to give other, uh, primarily black atheists and non-believers, agnostics, skeptics, and free thinkers, um, a forum and a space to socialize, um, offer support for each other, 
and also come together to um, figure out initiatives on how we can also help ourselves and our communities because in this highly religious climate, especially here in the South and the Atlanta area, it can be very isolating uh, to be a non-believer, uh, not only in the black community, but also in what is perceived to be the predominantly white free thought community. And I say perceived to be because that dynamic is changing, as you mentioned before. But it's, there's a many blacks feel like they're alone, in their non-belief in atheism, and that's just simply not true. Uh, we we wanted to we wanted people to know that there was a place for them, uh, to, in order to help deal with any issues that come along with being a non-believer. And there are quite a few. Uh, there are there are families that there are couples that actually go through problems. They're splitting up because one one spouse is a believer and the other isn't, and the other spouse is trying to. I guess coerce the other into attending church when they don't feel like they want to anymore, and so we felt that it was important for for everyone or or blacks who are definitely questioning. They, we want them to know that it's okay to have had these questions. It's okay if you don't. There's nothing wrong with you, and there are others that are just like you. Now. Now on your on the Black Nonbelievers page, and, and I'm gonna give you a chance to uh, give a little bit more information about that. But you you mentioned a story about you going to a retailer, and they were saying that a gospel artists would be there, and they were so excited, they just assumed that you were excited also. <laughs> yes, yes, Yolanda Adams, that is correct. <laughs> I remember that quite well. So I mean. In instances like that, um, uh, in the gospel, in, in the Christian world, we would use that as an opportunity to, to quote unquote, witness, mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> you know, share our faith. Uh, was that in, uh, how? How did you? How did you use that occasion to, you know, uh, provide insight about your uh, position of on faith, and and and, and then we we'll, you know, we we'll get in a little bit more about atheists and all that. Okay. Well, that particular instance, unfortunately, is quite common, especially in the South, that it is just automatically assumed that if you are a black woman, you are a Christian. And this uh, this assumption is made by other blacks. And what it what it really helped me to reinforce was that it is important for us to speak up more about it, not to necessarily, because I, I did, as I said on the website, I thought about going back, stating that I was an atheist, and asking her what she felt about that. But um, I reconsidered that, and I just it just really helped me to um, uh, really reinforce and help advocate for other blacks that are, that are atheists and to help dispel the notion that, first of all, all blacks are believers, and that we are Christians uh, because our community historically and presently is so diverse. Uh, there's a history of black freethinkers, humanists, and, and nonbelievers. That's and correct. Like That's that right. History, it seems like the history is lost on quite a few of us. Um, and so I think, it's, I think it's really unfair to those who think that as well as those who, you know, who keep perpetuating that. You know, there aren't any um, non-believers and atheists in our community at all. So um, it, it just really helped me in that, that, I wouldn't say fight, but, you know, it's for lack of a better word, that fight, if you will, because it's something that does need to change, especially within our community. Uh, you know, I, I was having a discussion with, with with my dad about this before the show, and one of the things he pointed out, he said, and it's a shared sentiment for a lot of pastors and individuals that I've spoken to. Said of all ethnic groups, blacks should be the ones who should have, uh, excuse me, uh, should not be atheists or non-believers. Um, so the, the segue into the question about um, does does that affect the idea or the identity of being black if you're a non-believer? I mean. Does that give your 
do you lose your blackness, your credibility? It seems you know? to definitely it, that is seems to be the notion in the black community that if you don't believe in God, you know how can you call yourself black? Which you know, of course, is false. And also, you know, we do well. We put forth the question as well is that if you know the history of belief and how it was imposed upon us in this country, you know, how could you be a believer? You know, and that's an honest question. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should just automatically stop believing, but it is a it is a valid question that if you know of the history of injustice and and just in the world in general, it's how can you how can you be black and still be a believer? Uh, you know, we we do pose that as well, but it, there does seem to be this sentiment among blacks that there has to be some sort of spirituality or that we must identify with some sort of deity in order to be in order to be considered black. And I think that's that go that is the reason why so many people, even if they reject Christianity, they still subscribe to some sort of belief in a higher being because of what and, and that's probably one of the reasons why I identified as spiritual for so long because even in the black nationalist sentiment it does, or in the in the mindset, or their um, or in their teachings, uh, there does tend to be a sense of spirituality reinforced. So, I would say that that's definitely a a sentiment that is prevalent in the community. I don't think it's a correct one, but yes, being black and being uh, or believing in some sort of a god or deity, if you will, seems to be what is expected of us. I'm glad you brought that up because that's going to be my next question. Uh, uh, a lot of blacks still think atheists. When they think of atheists, they think of hateful people, um, mm-hmm. and they think of people. And I hear this quite a bit, even when um, I come across people uh, who are atheists. Um, the, the idea that they they're evil in some kind of way. Uh, how do you um, how do you deflect that that um that rhetoric and that idea or that view of atheism and, and you know I, I guess the question I'm kind of asking I'm trying to I'm trying to really get is uh, you know how do we turn around the notion or the myth yeah. about atheists yeah um well I contend I try to explain our position as best as possible and simply the most uh, the most simple uh definition of an atheist is that we don't believe in any gods, spirits or supernatural beings and there there is a misconception that we believe in the devil and if we don't believe in any gods, we don't believe in any devils either. Um we we don't we don't believe in them as um as uh, beings that actually exist as as real. And I basically um when I'm asked uh, the question of well, what do we believe in, and um, and uh, you know, and, and other asking other questions that pertains to the idea of atheists, um, I tend, to, you know, I try to just explain as much as possible that you know, I my my position and what you know, as an atheist, as an individual, I, I can say that I can't speak for every atheist or non-believer, but I do say that you know, I I. I put my stock in and trust, if you will, if people in people that I can see um, solutions that I know that have actually worked and uh, and people that I know that have actually existed. So I, I try my best to um, put it forth as a positive, and we also uh, I know that there are some others who there are many uh, there are many answers that can be given, but. You know, I say the same way I don't believe in Santa Claus, the same way I don't believe in Allah, Buddha, or any other gods, or Zeus, any of them that have been known to exist, of the same way you wouldn't believe in them is the same way I don't believe in them. And so that, that tends to help the conversation somewhat, because then it gives a better understanding of what an atheist is. Okay. Look, we're going to take a quick break, and on on the flip side, when we come back from the break, uh, I want you to... Uh, help me as a pastor. You know, okay. Uh, not only get a better understanding. I, I well, I do have a better, but addressing the issues with those who may be in the church and those, especially those in the community. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, that's what we do on the flip side. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. 
like suits from yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit. Short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Gigantic. It was humongous. Enormous, huge bill. That's actually when we switched to Vonage. The service is great. I don't see any difference with the call quality. Well, I can just pick up the phone, call As it. many family members as I want. Ugh, why did I not do this earlier? I'm Laura Pruden, and this was my last bill. Before I switched to Vonage. Time is running out to get Vonage World for just $14.99 a month with unlimited domestic and international calls. Go to Vonage.com or call now. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Multi-policy discounts from Progressive. Call or click today. Today again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and we're joined this morning by Ms. Mendisa Thomas, who is the president of Black Nonbelievers Incorporated, and we've been discussing uh, just that, Black Nonbelievers. And uh, Ms. Thomas, you still with us? Yes, I'm still here. All right, so am I, and so is my puppy, who is trashing my office as we speak. <laughs> I tell you, I gotta love him. Anyway, so before we went to the break, we we talked a little bit about. Um, uh, how how non-believers, particularly black non-believers, are viewed as far as you know, authenticating their blackness and and you know being viewed as evil and all that. So, but let's 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 shift that. Um, there are in the church a lot of people who fall away from the church. I guess you can say. And the leading reason I know a lot of people fall away from the church is because I hear this one: there are too many hypocrites in the church. And and then you add on the uh, the the exuberant pastors, you know, those who have the the Bentleys, the planes, multi-million-dollar houses, and mm-hmm. you know, getting their pimp on, on and on and on to the break of dawn. <laughs> um, and and these guys have made it hard for people like me, who you know. Lives on a meager salary, lives in the hood, among the members, you know, with the members. But I guess you can say, um, and they drive a lot of the church people away. But it, it, even in there, there are there are those church folk. Oh hush, I'm on. I'm doing a show. There's those church folk who uh, are actually in church but don't believe what they believe. So, um, what would you say to a person who goes to church but is questioning their faith? Um, I would say that if you are, you know, and I'm, I'm hope I'm not, you know, definitely not trying to steer people towards uh, my position, but I, I would say the best thing that they can do is to be honest with themselves. Ask themselves why they are still going. Ask themselves um, if this is something that they they hold true to them, you know, if they, they really hold true to it. 
Are, are they really dedicated and, and why? And I, it really takes some soul searching, if you will, to be on for the person to be honest with themselves and um, and to find those answers. And also to, um, I would say, to um, also seek other uh, sources. There are plenty of life affirmations, uh, for lack, for if you will, that aren't centered around belief in a deity. And so I, I contend that we don't necessarily have to do anything out of tradition, and I think that's something that has been prevalent in the black community is that many go out of tradition or they out of a sense of obligation, and it's not really helping them. So if it isn't, then the best thing to do would to be to be honest with themselves and um, really uh, start seeking um, answers if they can find them within the church or if they need to look outside or if they can incorporate all of them, then, then do that. And if you find that it's a better fit to stay within the church, fine. And if not, then you have every right to leave. You, you don't have to. You can, do, you can do what is best for you. Uh, that, I I agree. I, I think that's a good answer. I um, I, I'm actually when I when I counsel people who who are in the church uh, or non-church particularly, I, I I have a program that is non-religious in 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 aspect, you know, and I help them develop develop a a spiritual program, I guess you could say, based on the narrative that they are familiar with, you know. Uh, like a story they they like that they can identify with. Uh, I use fiction novels and stuff like that. It's really really helpful. Uh, but for pastors, mm-hmm. for pastors who are who either don't know how to deal with those in their congregation or or don't want to deal with the pastor, what would you say to a pastor uh, if they 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 are confronted by someone who is a non-believer. I would say to put those egos to the side, <laughs> and I encourage I encourage them to be honest with themselves as well, because I can understand that the uh, a pastor's position is very powerful. It does um, it does entail a lot of people asking them for advice. You know, their congregation asking them for advice and also holding them in a state of adoration and admiration. And so if someone does, if a non-believer is challenging or they, they're asking a question that they feel is challenging, you know, it's okay to admit that you don't know the answer. It's okay to do research yourself. And I think that maybe some, I think some pastors would gain a lot more um, respect if they admit that they don't know because I don't I don't believe that any human being knows any and everything, not even myself. <laughs> I, I can't assert everything. So I think for pastors, especially those who have, you know, huge congregations that are kind of living high on the hog and may be used to uh, people not challenging them, um, it may be time to self-reflect. And and uh, because sometimes you know the debate the debates and discussions may come up. It's okay to have them. It's okay to step outside of the doctrine or the text that you're speaking from. Uh, seek other answers as well. As uh, the advice that you give, make sure you're taking it yourself. Uh, it's okay to um, it, it's okay to do that. You, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, uh, Bishop Carlton Pearson. Um, I have heard of him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Carlton Pearson was a High-profile uh, Christian pastor, evangelist, leader of the Azusa movement conferences, of which I went back in the day in in the nineties and whatnot. Um, and then, somewhere around two thousand five, six, or somewhere in there, he had an epiphany where he said he no longer believed in in hell as as it was. Presented to him, and of course, I've I've never really shared that the the way it's been pre- presented either. You know, uh, did I just say that already? Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, okay. <laughs> well, hey, it's a whole lot of stuff. Uh, but he he was deemed a heretic mm-hmm. by 
by those he used to run with. Matter of fact, uh, he brought T.D. Jakes to fame, and T.D. Jakes disavowed him, and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of others disavowed him. And now he's a, a proponent of free thought and what he calls inclusionism. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you? I, I, it's kind of sounded like the same question, but mm-hmm. for for let's say you visit a church, you know, mm-hmm. or better yet, let's just say you go. You know, we have those CMEs. They go Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter, so uh, or a funeral. Um, if you go to a funeral and the pastor is is saying something that is the meaning to those who are not proponents of the faith, how would you address the pastor? Oh, you know, that's a tough one. <laughs> the, I would I would honestly, because I, I've heard of uh, pastors taking advantage of uh, funeral or a sad, uh, sad occasion to try to make people feel guilty about not going to church. You know, they'll say something like, you better get right Isn't with God and been there, done that. Yeah, and, and I, I would honestly say that that is rude and offensive to everyone in this congregation, um, even the to the families, you know, to the to the you know to the to the you know de- devoted uh, devoted believers, and even to the non-believer. That there's no place for that, and I think where religion has inserted itself or impose itself is that you're just supposed to follow what this person says, you're not supposed to question it, and if if they have an issue with someone, then you're supposed to have the, that issue as well. And, and I contend that that is not just um, indicative of religious belief. Um, in, in most cliques or groups, they can, they, they, they embody that as well. Gangs do that. And, um, but when when a person uh, when a pastor does that, I think they should be called out on it as being rude and disrespectful, because it is. And it, it's like it's not about them. It is not about what they want. It is about what the people want. And I think that if their feet are held to the fire, then perhaps they'll 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 stop. All right. One one last thing, and then we'll, we'll run out of time. But I want to get to this. On your site, you have. Um, uh, recovering from religion. Tell us, tell yes. me about this recovering from religion. What is it? How does it? You know, I'll go, just run the gamut of it. Okay. Well, the recovering from religion initiative was started by Dr. Daryl Ray out of Kansas, and I'll, I should mention that there is also a clergy project where there are ministers who no longer believe, but they still preach in congregations. There are some that have left congregations, and um, now they're trying to rebuild their lives. Recovering oh, wow. from religion, yes. Recovering from religion helps um, helps people who have um, been, uh, been mentally and emotionally damaged by certain religious teachings. And now there are some there are many who are who weren't necessarily fundamentally raised, but there are a lot that have been. And religion and, and the teachings that they were that, that they had to follow helped mask other issues that weren't solved by um by by their faith. And so there there's a lot of emotional baggage and mental baggage that comes along with that. And we contend that there is support that is needed not just in, not just by your peers but also through professional help uh therapy. And, and and whether people realize it or not, there are some that do have to overcome certain teachings professionally because they have been damaged by them. And so we um that's what we help to facilitate. We help to you know, uh, we help. We, we talk about these experiences, and um, and past and present. Uh, whether they're dealing with again uh, family members that are extremely religious, and yet they've been um, ostracized as well. And we help. Uh, we help find um, solutions to help with that. Okay, there's one other thing here: the out of the closet campaign. Tell tell me about okay. out of the closet. There was a initiative by the Freedom from Religion Foundation a couple of years ago, and uh, they encouraged people to make um, 
like a banner, if you will, uh, for people who are coming out and expressing their non-belief. Again, because it can be so stigmatizing uh, in a in a highly religious climate, uh, it was a chance for people to express their non-belief and why and what they identified as. And um, you know, it was it was it was a way of expressing that pride in that. And that there's nothing again. That there's nothing wrong with being an atheist. There's nothing wrong with being a non-believer, and not necessarily that we um, that all of us trash religion, if you will, but that we're going to stand firm with our position, and that we're not going to back down. Okay, and, and about uh, and this probably is a, a, a difficult question to ask answer, but uh, in your group, uh, um, about how many of those people in your group do you think come from that um, church background who are disgruntled members or something of that nature? I would say probably about half. Um, There's definitely quite a few who still, uh, who are still, um, I guess, hurting, if you will, from from what they were taught or through their own self-discovery. They they think that they've been, you know, they feel like they've been lied to that they have that they have been scarred by their religious teachings and i would say there's about half but what we do help to what we what we try to work with is that we understand how that feels but you don't have to continue to feel that way uh we we contend that a lot of people who are religious were really thought that they were doing the be- and, and still think that they were doing uh these things out of love and care and concern for you know, for these people, but didn't realize that they were hurting them along the way. So uh, we we try to reinforce a positive view of non-belief, and that you don't have to be angry at believers, you don't have to be angry at the world, if you will. Um, so uh, we, I'm sorry, I think I might have lost my train of thought, but yes, there's there's I would say at least half of our members are suffering from that, or they're they're dealing with it. Okay, hello? Yes, I'm still here. Oh, all right. I thought I'd lost you for a second. All right. Uh, we have about four minutes, and, um, and let's do a quick recap. Tell them about the organization, how they can get in touch uh, uh, with the organization, um, and, and any other follow-up articles, uh, information, you know, resources sure. that – that somebody and I'm quite sure I have some people listening, some of my listeners who may be uh, questioning their faith. And I actually I encourage questioning the faith. I really do because mm-hmm. that's the best point. To, that's the best place to be when you can find your authentic self and not right. be afraid, not be afraid mm-hmm. of realizing what you thought may not right, really right. be. So uh, right, right. quickly recap. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, the the organization is Black Nonbelievers Incorporated. Uh, our website is www.blacknonbelievers.org. Uh, we are on Meetup. We are on Facebook, and we are on Twitter at the Nonbelievers. There are we are based in Atlanta, but there are spinoff groups now in the cities of Chicago, Orlando, and Dallas. And there are other. There's a media resources page on our site which points to affiliated groups, um, primarily black, but uh, free thought groups as well. Um, there is a link to the Recovering from Religion site, and um, you can always email us at the contact of us section of our website. I do answer those quite frequently, and, um, you know, just if you have any questions whatsoever, we're more than happy to answer them. I, I got one quick thing i got to point out. There's mm-hmm. an atheist dating service. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. What are they going to think of next? You know, I always, yeah. I always makes me laugh. You know, you got the Christian, uh, what is it, the Christian Mingo? I was like, for real? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you saw the TV show Bells on TV One this past Friday, and it basically touched on an issue that 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 reaches the very core of many atheists, especially black black males is that, you know, a Christian or a, a black woman will basically, if you're an atheist, you can have everything else going for yourself. You're successful, nice-looking, uh, intelligent. But if you're if you're a non-believer, then that's a deal-breaker. So it can be very difficult to date within the community if you identify as atheist. So I think that's, prob- that's 
probably one of the reasons why that site exists. Oh, that's interesting. That, that's mm-hmm. interesting. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot one more time. Okay. I know I know that you are a business owner. Go ahead and put a plug in for your business. <laughs> okay, sure. Well, I do have a I do have a cookie business, dnddesserts.com, and I also ventured into um booking management for and management for um independent artists. It's called MLT's Elevation Station. And you know, I do work as well. So, um but I I have a lot of things going on, but I'm very happy to uh have be doing all of these uh projects as well. So, um you know, look them up, uh, check out our website, and uh, hopefully, you know, we can do business. So I appreciate that. Hey, I'm good for something every now and then. <laughs> All right. Uh, been talking with Ms. Mandisa Thomas, who is the president of Black Nonbelievers Incorporated. And Ms. Ms. Thomas, I'm I'm glad that you joined the, uh, again. We're on the show and I'm I'm glad that this was a positive dialogue. Uh, Absolutely. For me, for me as a pastor, uh, you know, I'm ever evolving in learning of ways to better serve my people without mm-hmm. uh, without causing them to fall into darkness. Right. I mean, I'm all about light, illuminating, empowering, liberating, and um, you know, to each their own path of liberation is what I believe. And uh, but uh, you know, being a Christian, of course, I believe God directs the path. But uh, I think this has been an interesting uh, dialogue, and I, I thank you. And uh, you know, you're welcome to be on thank again. You. Okay. You're welcome to be on again. Uh, I'm sure you could probably contribute a lot to some theological <laughs> discussion. <laughs> yeah, I'll be more than happy to come back. This was a great forum. I really do appreciate you having me here. Yeah, and, and one more thing in closing, uh, you, you mentioned chapters in Chicago, Atlanta, and Dallas, and you know that's these are black meccas now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're yeah. going to, they're going to those areas and they're they're growing, and, and it's just interesting that those chapters are there again. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Atlanta, uh, Long, Eddie Long, and Creflo Dollar, yeah. whoever else is there, is mega, I don't know. And you got Dallas, T.D. Jakes, wow. So. Yes. <laughs> and Chicago is a whole bunch of them, too. So, But uh, it's just interesting that, that there's growing. And I, I hope that as pastors we can uh, increase the dialogue because, you know, there's nothing wrong with questioning. There's nothing wrong with doubting. Matter of fact, you know, I shared this one time with my congregation here. I preached a sermon uh, about 12 years ago called The God I Sometimes Hate. And you'd be surprised at how receptive it was because the members had actually had those those thoughts and never expressed it. You know, I was a young preacher. I didn't care. <laughs> well, not that I didn't <laughs> care. I was young enough to say stuff and get away with it. So right. I still am. So, But uh, we... <laughs> We run out of time, and I, I just again want to thank you. And uh, for one more time, give the website information and contact. Okay, uh, the website is www.blacknonbelievers.org. We are on Meetup as well as uh, Facebook and Twitter, and our information is on the website. All right. Well, that's it for this show, this edition, and uh, I thank you, Ms. Thomas, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. You do the same. God bless you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All right. Take care. Okay. All right, guys. You know, I like having fun on this radio show, and, and this is one of the ones, one of the times we had fun, and uh, it was a great discussion as well. But, you know, again, if you want to share any of your thoughts and insights, do so. Uh, Send us an email, PastorLorenzoTheMail at gmail.com. Hit us up on the uh, the blog site, Facebook page, however you want to do it. And just let us know what you thought about it, and uh, uh, we appreciate it. But until then, it's time for us to get on out of here because my puppy is literally tearing up my <laughs> But until then, the Lord be with you. May his grace shine upon you. We're out.
LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.